0: Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is Thursday, September the 6th, 2018, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, your second daily dose So happy for the day. And uh, we're moving right through this week. And I have to say, Wendy, this has been a really interesting week. I've, I have a number of different things happening, some of which I can't really talk about on the podcast, but very much out of the ordinary lots of opportunities to practice can i get into alignment first can i remember to get into alignment first <laughs> did i forget to get into alignment earlier no wonder this isn't working the way i had intended
1: <laughs> hey practice practice practice
0: exactly this makes,
2: makes, good, more, makes for more good practice <laughs> it really
0: does, and there's endless opportunities <laughs>
1: Yes, there are.
0: Oh, my goodness. So, no, it's good. It's all good because I am getting the the practice and lots of times to practice and lots of opportunities and lots of reminders. I mean, today I had, Louise and I had to meet over something regarding the gardening business and it was a tough subject. Neither one of us really wanted to talk about it much. So we just took a breather and we chatted for a bit, got ourselves into a better feeling place and got through the topic a lot easier. So we remembered that that's the good thing, you know, we remembered
1: that is a good
0: thing. So that's what's going on with me. What's going on on with you? I mean, are you still in, in wonderful, lazy couch potato land because you're in your decompression mode?
2: <laughs> um, I think it's shifting a little bit.
1: Oh, it is. Okay. I had a,
2: a delightful conversation with my dear friend, Rhonda, the other day. Ah. And I was sharing with her kind of what I had shared with um, you and our listeners on Tuesday about how I was feeling that I was in what I used to. PTO which stands for paid time off you know in my corporate job it felt like I was on PTO every day <laughs> and she reframed it instead of paid time off she said you're on paid time off
0: yeah that's good I like that yeah I thought the I same thing I as you do said like that, that. yeah
2: because I am on I'm on in my business and I'm getting paid so every every minute is paid time you know and I thought that's almost a good affirmation just in itself. I'm on paid time on. <laughs> I,
0: I remember back in the mid-90s when I created my first website, it was a site that sold long-distance services back when, when when that was a thing. I mean, today you don't worry about you know price per minute and all that kind of thing. But back then, that was a pretty big, important thing. It was yeah. you know, fairly expensive. And so I, I was selling long-distance services through, through discounted firms, You know, basically saving people money on their long-distance bills. And I built this website, and... As, after I got it going, and it, I mean, it wasn't like a complete e-commerce site like we have today. The technology just wasn't even there yet. But you know, I was able to take orders and process orders, and, and you know, it was good. And it was building up a nice livelihood and so forth. It actually got to the point where, around 2001, 2002, I said, you know, I want to go do this full time, make this my full-time gig, and that's ultimately how I became uh, an entrepreneur instead of a W-2 wage worker. But uh, that that gets ahead of the story. What happened was as it built up. I got to really really like the fact i was making money whenever i was going shopping whenever we went on vacation whenever i I, I would turn to louise and say hey i'm making money right now we're out to dinner i'm making money (laughs) Mm -hmm. because
2: people are making phone calls and they're running up long that's right you're getting a piece of the action
0: (laughs) i mean it was great i mean the only bad part is that you know eventually that gravy train ran out but nevertheless it was great while i ran kind of similar to what you
2: thought yeah Well, I guess in a sense, that's um, I I could say that's what I'm doing. Um, One of the other things I know I've mentioned is I'm connecting with people that I'm meeting online um, in LinkedIn. And instead of just doing some text chatting, I'm saying, hey, would you like to talk by phone? And so um, I think today I've talked to my third person this week and my head is almost exploding. I don't mean that in a bad way. But like, I've learned so much from each person I talk to.
0: Nice.
1: I've
2: gotten so much information. Um, Yesterday, I had a call with a delightful gentleman. um, And he's a coach, but he's a different kind of coach. And so, you know, I just thought I'd love to know what does he do for marketing and how is he getting his business, Uh you know, his clients. And so we, we were chatting and he started talking about a certain tool in LinkedIn and I said, can you tell me more about that? And so he did. And, you know, I think in the past I felt a little reticent asking people for how they're doing their marketing. Cause that kind of is almost a trade secret. Mm. At least that's how I was perceiving it. Like people hold their, um, how they're getting their clients close to the vest. They don't want to share it with other people mm-hmm. because in a way we're competitors.
0: I know what you mean. Yeah.
2: Um, but he was so generous and he said, well, are you in front of your computer? And I said, no, but I'll get there. So he walked me through and he showed me this tool of how he gets some of his clients. There's actually a, a tool within LinkedIn that people say, Hey, I'm looking for a life coach. And if, I, because I have life coach in my profile, you know, it's like those, um, potential clients come to my inbox from LinkedIn, and it's a free service. And I'm like, well, how cool is that? (laughs) So at that point, I'm like, oh, my God, this had me so jazzed. And internally, my thoughts were, what can I do to give back? Because I feel like what he gave me was something really valuable. And honestly, I have heard of this tool before through LinkedIn, but when I read their stuff, it just didn't jump off the page Mm. for me. Mm -hmm. You know, and I guess that's why when I talk to people, I get a better awareness. I understand things better. There's something about the written word that just doesn't fly for me to the same extent that talking to people on the phone does.
0: Well, it makes sense to me. There there are so many times I've run into web pages, particularly offering some service or here's a a new trade secret to learn about or whatever. You know, most often, well, most often it's written as sales talk and after a while I get kind of tired of the hype. But more than that it's like there are big chunks of information that are often missing and it gets frustrating. Whereas when you're talking to somebody, if there's something that's missing, you just ask them. And, and, and that's just... what
2: I was doing. Yeah. He was sharing some stuff that I didn't quite understand. And I just stopped the conversation. I said, can you explain this? And then he went on. And can you help me understand that better? And it was just such a cool way to learn about another marketing tool and kind of like sort of based on what you just said. What he said to me sold me on this tool so much more than when I learned about it from LinkedIn, who Mm, is the source. Right. So anyway, here's the cool thing. So he shares this with me. I'm feeling so indebted is not quite the right word because I don't feel like I owe him a debt, but I recognize the value of what he shared with me that he didn't have to, but he chose to. So my internal dialogue, I'm just kind of saying, what can I do? to give back? How mm. can I generos- generously say thank you in a way that would have value for him?
0: Yeah, that's real appreciation. So,
2: you know, That's just my internal dialogue. Meanwhile, you know, we keep talking. And then he kind of comes up with a question on his own, um, something that he was interested in for himself. And he says, how do you deal with this kind of thing? And I said, well, as a law of attraction coach, I mean, that's the kind of question I-, I could deal with beautifully in a session. Um, I said, but I don't know that you're looking for a session. And I said, so I can give you an overview of what I would say, or I could kind of, um, we could actually do a session. I'll be happy to give it to you at no charge. Cause I thought that would be a great way to pay him back. Mm, sure. Um, and he said, well, I don't have any, any lock. I'm not locked in time wise. He goes, why don't you just start with an overview view and we'll see where it goes. And I went, okay. So I started and then I realized gosh I'm really kind of getting into coaching statements and questions and I even said I go I'm kind of going deeper than the overview and he goes that's okay keep going <laughs> and so I just started asking him some questions about this issue and it was his own personal issue and um you know he shared with me what it was and then I kind of asked him I said well can you think of um a time in your past that something that may have um triggered this thing and he goes oh totally and I went, oh, all right. Tell me what it is. So he told me about an incident of when he was seven seven years old, and I just did this thing that I do. And within about five minutes, I, I was talking and kind of just, um, I was reframing the whole incident that happened when he was at seven hmm. from a perspective that I knew he had probably not considered. Oh, okay. And when I was done, I said, well so now how do you feel? And he goes, like, I could walk away from this call and burst into tears and cry for a long time. Oh, wow. I said, well, I guess we hit pay dirt. I he guess went, so. Wow. <laughs> I feel so different about this. And I went, well, so that's kind of the answer to your question. <laughs>
1: yeah, right.
2: <laughs> and he went, wow. So anyway, you know, we kind of, I said, you know, I'll just pause while you integrate what just happened. And let me know when you're ready to talk again. And so he took a moment and he said, no, I can talk. And I said, okay. So we went on to some other subjects and, you know, we kind of ended with, you know, I'd be more than happy to, um, pass on referrals if I find somebody who needs the coaching that he does. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you've kind of experienced a little bit of what I do, you know, and he's like, I'd be more than happy to, you know, send people your way too. Great. And, um, it was so cool because at the end, you know, he he said, "Is there anything else I can do for you?" And to me, I'm like, well, he's already <laughs> given me value. I've already given him value, and now he's asking, "What else can he do?" And in the past, I would have just said, "Oh no, this was fine." But I thought, "You know what? I want to take him up on this. I don't want to just leave it as, "No, no, really, everything's cool." I said, "Here's what you could do for me." I said, "If you find somebody No, no. I said, here's what you can do for me. Um, Would you be open to me calling you back at a later time? Should there be something based on this conversation that comes to mind where I could pick your brain again? And he went, oh, my gosh, of course, yes, you can do that. (laughs) And I said, "Okay, thank you. And then I said, oh, wait, there's one more thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, if you have any clients who need deeper work than what you do with them on a more deep personal level, would you be willing to refer them? He went, absolutely. And so we got about an hour and 20 minutes on the call and neither one of us had an appointment we had to get to, but we could both tell we were at the end, but we didn't want to hang up.
1: Aww. It was
2: like so juicy. And so, you know, we said our goodbyes and I got to tell you, I got off the phone and I felt like a million bucks Mm. And I thought, I am so grateful that I am following the guidance that was given to me, which is talk to people, mm. get to know them, listen first. And that's my new thing. I'm listening first. I ask them, tell me about yourself. Boom. And they're they're off and running. I don't even care if they ask me anything about me. I'm having so much. And I, I, in every call, there has been a point where I have gotten to talk about me a little bit. Sure. But. I've had so much fun in the interaction. And even though I've maybe talked to five people so far, first of all, that's five more people than I've talked to in probably all the years I worked in corporate when it came to, <laughs> you know, outside of my corporate job. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but I have learned something valuable from every single person I've talked to.
0: That's great.
2: Whether I've been inspired with a new idea that I can implement. About for my business itself, or whether they've inspired me with a new tool, or just a new way of looking at things. Um, It's just been phenomenal. And I'm just, I'm really blown away. And, you know, honestly, if if I had received guidance to do this before, I don't know that I would have done it. Because I would have thought, well, for what purpose?
0: Really? Wow.
2: Yeah. But, wow, it has been incredibly awesome talking to some incredible people.
0: By the way, there, there was something in your story I wanted to mention, um, and I think you, you probably noticed it on some level, but it just really struck me. Your story really eloquently demonstrated what happens as the momentum re- related to focusing on something keeps building, because the momentum I'm thinking about is the momentum of appreciation. You had your first exchange, and you were so appreciative with what he helped you with, and you put that appreciation out there, and He came back with, well, can I have some help with this? And you helped him with it, and you helped him in a big way, and the appreciation got even bigger from him. So now it's coming back to you, and you're – I mean, it just kept building and building and building.
2: That is is a point that I hadn't thought about it exactly in those terms, but, oh, yeah, it was building. And if we would have stayed on the phone another and a half, we would have kept giving and giving and giving. I mean,
0: you stay it on that phone for four or fell. five hours, you're probably married. I mean, <laughs> that's how crazy it was. <laughs> His
1: wife might not have been happy with that. You know, that that's but.
0: probably true, yeah. But nevertheless.
2: But it was just so incredible. And uh I, I was like on a cloud after the call. I went, wow. It was just absolutely amazing. So then today I have a call. Oh, another one. Um, yeah. And we talked for a long time. And she did most of the talking. She is a storyteller, mm. and I pretty much could tell you her entire life story now. Huh? Um, not that I'm going to repeat it.
0: <laughs> no, of course not, but nevertheless. <laughs> but she was
2: like talking, talking, talking. And because I'm now practicing the art of listening, I learned so much about her, not just the surface level. I know what's happening with her parents, her friends, her business, or co-workers. Besides <laughs> all that, I learned a lot about her. And what was fascinating is, I learned things about her that I don't think she knows really because I think if she knew what I just learned about her, um, she'd make some changes in her life or she'd be embarrassed that she let out that information. And specifically what I'm referring to is now, first of all, I put out a search just for law of attraction people. Mm -hmm. So those are the only people I'm talking to, not because people who don't law of attraction are anything less, but those are the kinds of conversations I want to have. Those are the kinds of people I want to
1: connect with.
0: Well, plus you've also had it's, about 600 connect with you. So, I mean, the likelihood of the next conversation being with somebody who is into the law of attraction is pretty darn high, really.
2: Oh, yeah, because the search I did was for law of attraction. So that's oh, yeah. connecting with right now. Yeah. So anyway, I read her profile before we had got on the conversation this morning just to familiarize myself with who she does and what she does. And they really, I didn't see where Law of Attraction was even in there. It was not part of her title. So I thought it must be buried in the text of something. Mm. But that's okay because the fact that she knows Law of Attraction, believes in Law of Attraction, utilizes whatever, that's still sufficient. So we're talking and we're talking. And I'm listening and she threw out some really big names of people who are in Law of Attraction that she has studied with. Oh, wow. And I'm like, hmm, okay, way cool. And then. As I'm listening, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, she actually said the words that in her business, she has a no drama policy. And she was kind of talking to me about how somebody in her uh, that works for her, you know, is really into a lot of drama. But what was fascinating to me was, I don't think you're really hearing how you talk. Mm. All she did was talk about her drama. Really? And I thought, this is not a person I would want on my team. Because it's too much drama. Mm. And she didn't edit herself. She just kept talking and talking and talking. And there were so many negative things. Like just, I'll give you an example. And I won't use it exactly the way she said it. But so like, let's say she's talking about her uncle. Or no, let's say she was talking about a business process. And then in the the course of talking about this thing that she does, she said, oh yeah, and I met so-and-so. And it turns out that that person knows my uncle. Well, my uncle. Well, he's an alcoholic, and he's been in AA for X amount of years. And oh my God, he almost committed suicide. And he's got this daughter who's, is, you know, is barely getting out of high school. And this is the kind of stuff she was telling me. Wow. And and I actually stopped and said, "So, what's the relationship between your uncle and this business process?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like you could tell <laughs> oh, dear, she so just ran off on dude. a rabbit trail. Yeah, right. But I thought anybody who She was how shall I? She was volunteering all this gossip, if you will, Mm -hmm. about somebody in her family, and not from a negative, not from a positive space. She could have just said, "Oh, and it it was really cool because he knows my uncle," and so that just made the connection that much more fun. Yeah, but she decided to tell me all this dirty laundry Mm -hmm. about the uncle.
0: Couldn't leave that part out. And then the uncle's
2: child, and I'm like. And I was having a hard time following the conversation, which is why I asked for some clarity. But my point is, and I'm not trying to knock, you know, like anything going on in her in the family life, but I'm looking at it from law of attraction perspective.
1: Mm.
2: We, ta- we had earlier talked about law of attraction and how you attract things based on what you're feeling and, you know, what you're feeling is based on what you're thinking is. And we talked a little bit about the story, because part of her business is she helps people kind of retell their stories. And I thought to myself, are you even aware of the story that you're telling? I doubt it. Because she spent an hour out of our hour and a half conversation telling me stories that if she put any feeling into it whatsoever, she is like sending out so much so much of a broadcast signal of more of what she does not want. Mm-hmm. And it, it just it kind of floored me. Yeah. Now, I will say I'm kind of grateful that she's not um, – her title was not Law of Attraction Coach. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's good, yeah.
2: But, I mean, she has a different kind of coaching business. Mm-hmm. And I I feel pretty certain that she's really solid in that business, what she's doing the coaching for. Well, good. Um, but on a personal level where she's like, oh, yeah, I totally know Law of Attraction. I've been following it for years. I've practiced it, whatever I thought. I don't think she practices it to the extent that it can be
0: practiced. (laughs) Well, I guess it depends on what kind of goal you're you're trying to go after. I mean, maybe her goal is to be the only drama queen. Maybe that's why she doesn't want to work with other dramatic people because she doesn't want them to take over her space.
2: Um, Well, based on some of the things that she said she's working on in her personal life, I'd say that's probably not it. But but you hit on a a point that I noticed because I thought, who puts in their company policy that they have a no drama policy?
0: <laughs> Somebody who has a dramatic issue, perhaps? Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: And they don't like the drama they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. But she's probably not recognizing how much she's experiencing in her own life, she's seeing it in other people's lives.
0: I think that's actually a pretty common phenomenon. I mean, you see wow. it among uh, very famous people. You see it in, you know, like political circles, politicians. You see it in, among various entertainers. You see it in, in, you know, news people and, you know, all, all these different kinds of people who are in the public eye. Over and over again, you find instances where they rail against this or they rail against that, and they've got this or that in their background. It's, it's yeah. really common.
2: Well, and because, I mean, so that's how, you know, the universe tries to get our attention. When,
1: yeah.
2: when, when we can't, when the universe is trying to get our attention directly and we're like n- missing the signs and the clues, then they'll be outside of us. Mm. The things we don't like will be playing out in the people in our world. But the, if, you know, okay, so to use law of attraction deliberately when you see something in your world you do not like instead of just going well i don't like that and i'm i'm going to look the other way go what is it about that that i drew this into my life
1: mm.
2: what was my part of this co-creation cuz one of the comments she had made about somebody that you know she had to let go and you know like good riddance and blah 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 and and one of her other co-workers is like well what do you think her problem is and so she was telling me what their conversation was And I just threw in for grins because I wanted to test the waters. Mm. And I just said, well, you, you know, law of attraction. And I said, nothing ever happens in an isolated situation. I said, Yes, there was stuff going on with that individual that you've let go, but you know that you co-created that. There was something you
0: <laughs> Very yeah. nice. Oh, I like and that. And she
2: kind of went, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And then moved on, and <laughs> of I <course>. went, okie-dokie. <laughs>
0: yeah, got a, tu- got a little bit of a soft spot right there. I got that one, yeah.
2: You know, and I, I'll, I will tell you, I am certainly not um, blameless in this kind of no, thing. No, of course
0: not.
1: None Be- of us are.
2: Because I was on a call with my coaching friend, Rhonda, and um we were working on some stuff for me and something came into my, uh, something came to my attention. And I said, you know, this is just really triggering some stuff from a couple of years ago with this uh, a particular band in my life. And I'm like, I'm not really liking it. And I never really could resolve or figure out what my part was in this from two years ago. You know, so I told her the incident that happened two, two plus years ago. And I said, I was really hurt by him. Um, he, his behaviors were things that just really caused me pain. I thought we were really close. Um, but he acted as though we weren't. And he did some things behind my back that just really felt uncomfortable. And I said, so now I'm not, he's not doing anything to me. he, it, A friend of mine happened to bring up some stuff going on in his life. And just the mention of him caused the whole stuff from two years ago to pop back up in my world. Oh, okay. And so I said, I'd really like to work on that because it does not feel resolved. Mm. And if it's not resolved, obviously, I can recreate it again. And I don't want (laughs) to.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't blame you. It's not fun.
2: Yeah. So I thought, okay, you know, the mere fact that this person came back into my um, awareness, I thought, okay, I'm going to take that as, you know, my inner being's way of saying, hey, let's go work on that thing now. Don't wait for it to get recreated and that you create more pain. Just let's deal with it now. So I'm like, cool, I will. So as Rhonda and I talk, you know, she's asking me coaching questions. I'm getting some insight. We're going back and forth. And I was shocked and amazed at what presented itself. Hmm. It was, it's like, let me tell you, from two years ago, the only thing that I had was, why did he do this to me? I don't understand. Hmm. I could not see my part in it at all, even though I was aware I had to have had a part in it, but nothing was coming to the surface at the time. Hmm. Well, this time, as I'm like prodding and poking around at it, I went, oh, my God. I completely crossed his boundary. I was still an enabler back then. And I said, I, I was projecting expectations that were not appropriate. And now all of this stuff I'm talking about was stuff that was not ever verbalized, but I like connected to what my internal motivations were that I was not aware of two years ago. Good for you. But yesterday I could see as plain as day and I went, Well, oh, my God, no wonder he pulled back from me. No wonder he stopped, you know, being as open and vulnerable as he once was, because I was I was enmeshing with him in a way that wasn't healthy at all.
0: It reminds me of something and that Louise used for- to it reminds me of something that Louise used to tell me early on in our relationship because we met when we were in our early 40s and we would often ask ourselves and each other you know why did it take so long for, for us to meet each other why couldn't we have met in our 20s and my wife's an a- answer was inevitably oh it's a good thing we didn't meet in our 20s if if you had met me in your 20s you would have talked with me once and run as fast as possible in the opposite direction <laughs> <laughs> I had too much work to do on myself, she told me.
2: (laughs) And I totally get that. Um, And so, you know, back to the situation with this man that was in my life. um, As of yesterday, I saw as plain as the nose on my face what my part of the interaction was. Um, Instead of being angry at him, I thought, well, my God, the only thing he could have done was what he did to be kind. I mean, he actually was kind in, in the situation where I thought he was being horrible. Mm. But it's like now granted, he's not a person who does his own personal work.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: I doubt he could have dissected it to understand what was going on. But the knee jerk reaction was pull back, pull away. Um, don't give her too much space because I'll take it and run with it.
1: Mm. And
2: so I totally get why he reacted the way he did. And the cool thing was, you know, Rhonda wanted to say to me, you know, good for you that you've recognized this. And she was wanting to say, you know, can you forgive yourself? Now, here's the part that was very cool for me that I've never experienced. I said, I know there's nothing to forgive. Oh, wow. I said, this is the first time I've ever had huge awareness of something I've done that to me was like, ooh, bad news, Wendy. Shouldn't have done that. And I said, in the process of just having the awareness of what my part of the behavior was and the interaction that we had, it was kind of like I came from such a place of love for myself as I was being aware of what I did that was not loving to him. It was like self-forgiveness happened simultaneously as the awareness of what I did.
0: Wow, that's really something.
2: And I went, this is cool. So overall, she goes, how do you feel? And I went... Loving. I am in love with myself. I love me so much right now. And I said, but it's in a way I've never loved me before. I'm loving me for having the courage to own my part in it. I love me for recognizing what I did was not a a nice thing to do. I love myself for knowing I will never do that again. I have no doubt I will never do that again. But I didn't have to go through the pain and the angst of, oh, my God, look what I did to him. What a horrible person I was.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: It's like that wasn't there. That's good. Although I did say something like, who was I to think that I could do this, this, and this? Really, Mm -hmm. who was I to think I I could and should do that? You know, I mean, I had that level of, wow, Wendy, who do you think you are? (laughs) You know, to bust through someone else's boundaries. But it wasn't coming from judgment or angst or pain or blame. It was, that was kind of my way of saying, Wendy, wake up. You don't, this is not who you are. The real you, you don't do this kind of crap. And I knew that the real me doesn't. That was part of an enabler behavior that I learned from, you know, family members that I no longer partake in that kind of behavior. Yeah,
0: you abandoned and it.
2: And so... And so the weird thing is, you know, she said, well, do you feel like there's anything that needs to be done now? And i went, like, well, so I kind of tapped in energetically. And I said, what I honestly sense is if I were to go back to him and drudge that up and say, hey, do you remember when and this, when this happened? I said, he I don't I don't get the impression he would even understand um, what the dynamic was that was playing out in me that caused me to do those stupid things. And I would have just been unbearing something that he's probably either let go of or decided I'm not going to focus on it anymore because it's been a couple of years.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I said, it's not that I am adverse to apologizing. I just feel like this is an apology that I can do energetically, which to me means in my own internal you know, I have apologized to him for my part in this. Now, mind you, as I say that, I'm not taking 100% responsibility that the whole thing was because I was I did something inappropriate.
0: Well, no, it's got to be co-creation because there's two of you involved. It was a
2: co-creation. I'm very aware of his part. But see, I already spent a long time venting over the part that he played that hurt my feelings. And I'm like, I don't need to go there anymore. I need to just find my part in it. <laughs> so that's
1: Very how reasonable. I
2: focused on that yeah. today.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
2: so, you know, I let it go. Then I noticed this morning when I woke up, he was on my mind. And I was feeling kind of icky about it. And I went, huh, where did that come from? Hmm. And I just kind of pressed in, you know, meaning really asking my inner being, what's this about? What's my responsibility to this thought? What's the message? And what I got was, because it was such a big deal that happened, and I had processed a big, huge thing yesterday, um, it was it was active and available to me today. Yeah. And I focused on the, oh, I hate that I did that to somebody, to someone I cared a lot about. And I reactivated the wound part.
0: Mm-hmm, sure. Sure.
2: And once I understood, I reactivated that thought, I just got, and Wendy, you can let it go. And as soon as I did, I went, oh, I don't need to activate that. And to activate it just simply means you focus on it. Right. Yeah. So I chose to let go of my focus and I went, oh, I'm going to focus on the fact that his and my relationship was a gift and the interaction we had was a gift to me because it helped me let go of another piece of that enabling behavior that I had lived with for so long.
0: And that's a classic and Abraham pivot.
2: Yeah. Thank you. It is.
0: It really <laughs> yeah. is. And,
2: and as soon as I turned my attention toward what a gift that relationship has been to me, boom, I instantly felt better. And the, Oh, I hurt somebody feeling went away.
1: Mm-hmm. That's you know? great.
2: And that doesn't have, that didn't happen overnight. That's something I have practiced to be able to do that and to pivot and go, yeah, I don't need to go back and and unearth this thing. I don't need to call this person. But, you know, I've had, (laughs) I'm thinking about a client I had a long time ago. It's kind of like every bad thing that's ever happened to that particular woman, she could dredge up and make herself feel bad all over again, no matter how long ago it was, because that's what she had practiced. She could reconnect to every bad, dramatic thing that had ever taken place.
0: Well, well, I always say it's good to have a skill, but there are times when (laughs) there are certain skills it's not good to have.
2: Well, I did my best to attempt to pivot her and said, well, look how adept you are. That's right. Being able to reconnect with feelings that don't serve you. Now let's start focusing on things, because of course there have been wonderful things that have happened in her life. Sure. And she had just as easy access to them as she did the negative. But I said, let's start focusing more on those things, the things that made you feel good. (laughs) She's like, well, I don't have that many. I said, oh, I'll bet you have more than you even know. Oh, yeah. You just haven't practiced accessing them, but they're there. So that's what we worked on. That's
0: great. (laughs) Really good, really good stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I and so I can like, really, I can appreciate what you, um, what you discovered. I mean, I can't say I've ever had that direct experience that you had. We had the the quick, you know, get it, feel it, forgive it, release it within a split second. I can't say I remember having that happen. That that's remarkable. I mean, that's really yeah. I hadn't either.
2: It was really cool.
0: <laughs> Very cool.
1: Yeah. It was but,
2: like a level of. <sighs> releasing something that I'd never experienced before. Mm. You know, and I don't, I don't know that Rhonda had either because she was doing pretty much what I do, which is when, you know, somebody has just unearthed some really big hairy thing that's really painful. You know, you help the client soothe the pain so they can move into feeling better. And I told her, I said, there's nothing to soothe. I'm like, As I was speaking, I was feeling better. As I was speaking, it was releasing. As I was speaking, like, oh, my God, look what I did. I was going, oh, this feels so good.
0: (laughs) Now, there are probably people listening in who are thinking, geez, I wonder if I could do that. And I'm wondering, well, you only had it happen this one time. It's the first time. So, I mean, you don't have a whole lot of data to go on. But what's your impression? Is that something that's coachable?
2: Well, as you started forming the question, here's the thought that came to mind. I had been, and I think many people are in the same position, I had felt that because I was focusing on, oh, look at this, and I'll just say bad, just for the sake of conversation. Look at this bad, unkind thing that I did. I think it's a common thing that when we think, oh, what I did was unkind, we should now feel bad about that.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah.
2: Like we should feel bad because we delivered a behavior that wasn't kind Mm -hmm. and we should feel either shame or embarrassed or bad or guilty or something. Um, And so I think that's common. I believe that what occurred for me yesterday is because I have such a strong belief that there is no space for judgment. There is no reason for judgment. My inner being doesn't ever judge me. My inner being only loves me, encourages me, and inspires me. And I've asked to be more like my inner being. I've asked for those characteristics to show up in my life. Like, as in those would be my first responses. I want to act like my inner being does toward things.
1: I mm-hmm. want to believe
2: like my inner being. And I believe that's what occurred for me yesterday. Okay. And so, so I think it came from my desire to be more characteristically loving. And I guess I normally think about it in terms of, I want to love other people, but this was, I loved myself.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, that that was huge. And that's, I guess, why I was asking, is that coachable? Is that something that, that someone can be coached to do? I mean, I kind of suspect it can be, but I wouldn't know where to begin. Think, I'm hoping you might have some I idea.
2: Anything is coachable, but I also think that the coach needs to have had the experience to be a good coach.
0: Yeah, that would definitely help. Yeah.
2: So now that I've had, in other words, two days ago, I, I couldn't have even considered coaching someone on this because I didn't even know it existed. <laughs>
0: right, yeah.
2: Today, I'd say, well, it's really fresh. Um, I can only tell you what I experienced. Can I tell someone how to do it? Don't know. mm But the fact that I know it's possible now, I think anybody now can ask, I mean, this is, okay, so when somebody has something occur in their life that is really cool, my gut reaction is, I'll have some of that.
1: Yeah, right, exactly.
2: I want that. And to me, I've just told this really cool story of how I loved myself through the awareness of some negative behaviors that I had. That I will now no longer ever do. Well, now that I've talked about it, anybody who's listening can go, I want to do that.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And their inner being can guide them as to how to make that happen. Their inner being is their best coach.
1: So,
0: so I guess ultimately the answer is yes.
2: The answer is yes.
0: There you go. That's good. <laughs> anything,
2: anything you can conceive or think of, the universe has the wherewithal to deliver
0: so now my next question becomes okay now if this is coachable and of course i'm we're like you know jumping a large distance into the future perhaps in terms of being able to practically do this uh or perhaps you practically doing it in your in your practice but i guess it leads to the idea that you can also tie this in when you're teaching somebody quantum leaping so that you know as they're they're getting to you know some barrier in the way and they're and you're you're helping them learn to take that quantum leap Maybe this becomes part of the tool set for dealing with it.
2: Could be. Um, sometimes I think what you're calling quantum leaping might not be the same as what I call quantum leaping.
0: Well, I have to admit, we haven't talked about it much lately, so my memory may be a little bit uh, fragmented.
2: Well, I talked about something that happened in a coaching session That took a person from like A to Z, like boom. Right. Where uh, oftentimes it would take a long time to do it. Mm -hmm. And you called that quantum leaping. And I I agreed. Um, That had a lot to do with the client was ready and willing Mm -hmm. and didn't put up any resistance to the process that I was walking them through. And I would say that is the biggest key factor, the resistance level. Because I've been able to walk people from point A to Z where there literally is 24 steps between there and the average person takes time to go through each one of those 24 steps and they may take a month or a year to get through each one of them.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. sure.
2: Um, And then there are some that are so ready and so hungry and they show up so open without resistance, they go boom. And the truth is, I can take people through the exact same process, but each client has a different result.
0: True, yeah. Based
2: on their level of resistance. Yeah. And the same thing for me, because the kind of um, uh, result that I got yesterday was so quick, so fast, no resistance present. Whereas if I would have had that same kind of thing where I wanted to resolve that, let's say, five years ago oh, it would have taken me a long time because I had a lot of resistance.
0: Meaning that everybody's different and everybody's in different circumstances and different places in their lives. And so it's going to be different in every case.
2: Yeah. And, And it seems as though the types of people and scenarios that I'm encountering, like in the last month, have been ones where I have had the awareness that the person I'm talking with, I'm going to say, is completely not aware. They're not conscious of what's going on. And when I'm so aware of it, and they're so not aware of it, sometimes it makes for an awkward, uncomfortable place. I just made up a word, <laughs> uncomfortable <laughs> place for me, because I go, okay, are they, you know, friends, family, clients? Mm -hmm. I have a different responsibility to each one. Yeah, sure. You know, I I feel like my responsibility ultimately is to love them all. Um, But the client has paid me to point out areas for improvement. Mm -hmm. Um, My friends are almost all what I call in the personal development space where Mm -hmm. we kind of have a carte blanche. Yeah, we can point things out for each other. Yep. But it doesn't mean they're open to hearing it. As a matter of fact, I have one friend, I'll say something and I'll go, oh, I totally know what you mean. Yeah, that's what I've been doing in my life. And I'm going, huh? <laughs> you don't understand what I'm saying at all. And if you understand the words, you're absolutely not relating it to your own life circumstances.
1: <laughs>
0: and it's so easy to do. I mean, that's kind of what I was alluding to early on in the conversation when I was so proud of myself that I was noticing Different yeah. things that I needed to do in order to get into the better feeling space in the midst of a not-so-good feeling space. And and that's the way uh, I've been experiencing a lot of that lately. Boy, oh, boy, it's so easy to miss this stuff. That That's yeah, why I'm I so mean, proud well, of when I discover it. Like, oh, wow, I, I noticed that one.
2: And, and, and you ought to be proud of yourself. That's the big celebration. Pat yourself on the back. When you have awareness of something, especially if it's the kind of behavior – you've done for years Mm. but all of a sudden this time you're aware of it maybe while you're doing it and you go oh my gosh look (laughs) at what i'm doing yep um bill harris who has been in the personal development space for a long time um he just recently passed away and i only say that if people want to learn from him he's not here anymore Mm. but (laughs) his organization still exists but anyway one of the things that i learned from him was he talked about when you wit- when you're in your own mind when you witness yourself doing anything that does not serve you in the and I'll explain this in a moment in the moment you witness it it's coming from a different level of awareness and when you see this thing does not serve you you will change forever your brain will literally rewire itself for you never to do that again hmm. because That's how um, important having true awareness is when you see yourself doing something. So it's not about talking about a behavior later, like after the fact, or going, gosh, I wonder what caused me to do that. It's not that. It's while you're in the midst of the behavior, it's like there's a separate part of you inside your head and you see the behavior you're doing while you're doing it and you're recognizing how it does not serve you
0: yeah i I would kind of like i'm sorry
2: good no go ahead
0: i I was gonna say it's kind of like um what would be the appropriate analogy it's kind of like being on um a rapids ride you know where you're riding a a tube or or an inflatable boat in the rapids and Mm -hmm. as you're riding along i mean Usually, of course, when we do this, we have somebody who's actually doing the steering who knows what they're doing, so we don't have to do it ourselves. But kind of imagine for the moment that you're doing it yourself. You're basically trying, as you're going along here, you're trying to be aware of what's going on, be aware of how you're reacting, and notice that, oh, if I do that normal reaction of mine, that's going to put us on the rocks. And so instantly adjusting in the middle of the stream so you can go the other way to go around the rocks. That that's what the the kind of feeling I was talking about. What I was trying to, or I was trying to talk about, I was trying to allude to that when you're in the middle of it, it's kind of like riding those rapids and figuring out how the heck can I shift so that I don't get knocked up against the rocks.
2: Mm-hmm. And so I'll put I'll put it into a story that I may have shared before, um, but it's to me the best example I personally have ever experienced where I could share this witness thing and how boom behavior changes. Mm-hmm. So three bosses ago when I was doing corporate. (laughs) I love that. Three bosses um, ago. (laughs) (laughs) I was in a, and and it was a person he, he represented uh, the unresolved issues I had with my father. So needless to say, our relationship was very rocky and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so we were having what I would call a normal conversation. And then he said something that triggered that wound inside of me where in the past I would have just been angry at him and like how can he do this to me and you know he's so mean and what's his problem you know the professional in me would like say yes sir of course I will I'll handle that for you but the little girl inside was deeply wounded when Mm. we get to this kind of a conversation yeah well this particular time and I had he'd been my boss for like eight years. So I had a lot of practice of knowing the windup. I knew when he was going to pitch it and mm-hmm. I knew when the ball was going to hit me square in the face and I would just get hurt. <laughs> so the windup was coming. I was hearing him in conversation and as his words were being spoken, mind you, we're not in person, we're on the telephone, so he can't see me. The moment he, he, like the blow hit, this all happened in a nanosecond. I felt my body, my physical body, like my shoulders shrink down. I felt my head kind of lean down. It's like my posturing became the wounded little girl who had just been criticized by her father. Mm, yeah. And we all know that when we see a, a puppy that has been swatted on its butt or something and right. it's, it's feeling bad, yeah. it has that wounded look. Well, that was the posturing I went into. Now, mind you, I was a grown woman. But that was what all of a sudden I felt that take place in my body. But I was witnessing it because as it was happening, I was aware of what was happening. And now this had never occurred. I'd never had this awareness before. And all of a sudden I realized, oh my God, I am now acting out of the wounded little girl mode. Mm. And in the moment I had that awareness I jerked my shoulders straight up. I pulled my head up high. And I, what the voice that came out of me was the professional woman voice. And I knew that the energy and the power behind the voice was Wendy the professional. It was not Wendy the wounded. And so I responded to him in whatever way I felt appropriate. And instead of doing the yes, sir. I said, I hear what you're saying, and here's a perspective I'd like to offer. And I just offered my opinion. He did not accept it, and I said, okay. But I knew he heard me. Mm -hmm. Because in the past, I always felt like, why won't you hear me? You know, how come nothing I say, you know, matters? Mm -hmm. I didn't talk that way. That was the energy I had internally. So we finished our conversation. I hang up, and I just sat there with this sense of awe Mm. because I knew that I had changed from the wounded Wendy to the powerful Wendy in that moment. And I knew that I would never shrink to that kind of thing again. Yeah. And I will tell you going forward, it never happened again. And I worked with him for another several years. I believe it. And as it happened, I went, oh, my God, this is that thing that Bill Harris said. When it happens, you'll know. <laughs> and when he's right. It just happened. And I was a witness inside of my own head. I had such a level of clarity and awareness of every little dynamic that was going on. And it all happened in a nanosecond. The What I was doing, the awareness of it, and the changing the behavior happened in a nanosecond. There was not even a skip in our conversation, my boss and I. Mm. And it was like, whoa. Yeah. And that was the day that I shifted a huge um, wounded area that I had from my father.
0: Well, as you're describing that, the um, the thought that came to me, well, first of all, it, that was a really good example of what I was talking about about riding on the Rapids. You rode the Rapids really, really well that day. Um, mm-hmm. But even more than that, the, um, th- the way you described it, uh, you were, let's see, I want to try to piece this together right. You were going to go into the wounded girl mood. You had, in a nanosecond, a flip, and you said something like, um, you said the thing and he didn't, react to it the way you wanted want him to or whatever, but you knew he heard it. And the first thought that went through my mind was, yeah, more importantly, you heard it. You heard yourself doing it. And I thought to myself, that's, yeah. that's where you made the turn in the stream right there. Because you said, I heard myself now. I actually, hear myself as a powerful Oh, it actually when, did. When
2: I pulled my shoulders up, that was. The oh, turn.
0: that's when you actually heard it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Like it was when I went from wounded girl positioning to, oh, no, I'm a power-ass
1: woman. Mm. That ain't
2: going to happen again.
1: Yeah, And
2: I just acted and came from the powerful woman that I know myself to be. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment I stopped being the wounded Wendy.
1: And so everything cool. that
2: came after was part of the powerful Wendy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when I said, right. I hear you and I'd like to share this perspective, I knew he heard it. He rejected it. But the powerful part was I could handle his rejection of it. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't Mm -hmm. him rejecting me. He simply rejected an idea. Mm -hmm. And I still will say it was a great idea.
1: I'm sure it
0: was. But you Uh, know what?
2: Not everyone has to agree with my ideas. No. But see, the wounded Wendy felt when he rejected my ideas, I felt I was being rejected. And I separated myself like I was no longer the wounded Wendy who was you know being criticized by her father because that's who I showed up as and see that's what I recognized so the, the conversation begins I'm just my normal you know empowered professional as I'm talking to him the moment I told you the pitch came I could hear the conversation going right. it was like I heard my father criticizing me and immediately and this is what I witnessed I witnessed my entire being flipping the switch mm-hmm. from the empowered woman to the wounded Wendy.
0: Yeah.
2: And I went, whoa. And I went, no.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I I flipped the switch back, like right. no more wounded Wendy. We're going to empowered, empowered woman. And when I did that, everything changed. And because Bill Harris talks about how the unconscious mind Will literally rewire itself because when it recognizes that a behavior that you're doing does not serve you once you have that level of awareness, the rewiring takes place automatically. I didn't have to go to therapy for that. <laughs> I didn't have to have a coaching call with Rhonda for that right It's like boom, it happened, it was done
0: and
1: and by the so way it as...
2: was it... go
0: ahead I was just going to say by the way, as a corollary. Um, even though he didn't accept it, even though he rejected what it was that you came back at him with, I'm willing to bet without knowing anything about the actual content of the conversation, there was probably a level inside him that was saying, yeah, she's right, but I don't dare admit it.
2: (laughs) And that would, that would probably be pretty accurate for his, his temperament and his personality. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, but at that point, to be honest, I did, it didn't matter. Well, no, it, it doesn't really matter. matter. No, that's just yeah. that's just like
0: incidental information more than anything else.
2: Right, and I don't know what it would be like to be on his side of the equation. In yeah. other words, for the next two years, when I was no, I no longer went into the victimized, wounded Wendy mode. I don't know if he now was experiencing a different Wendy from his perspective. He was like.
1: I'm but, sure like, he was. I, don't know
2: if was. I don't know if he was aware.
0: Well, he may not have been aware, but I'm sure he was experiencing yeah. it. Yeah,
2: because it, cause I, was, I was showing up differently. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I don't know what his awareness was, if he ever noticed the difference or not. But I noticed the difference.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is what matters.
2: I noticed how I never shrunk back down. Yeah. And that's why after... That experience, that was a very pivotal experience for me. Mm. There were still other areas that he triggered for me where I'd go into the, oh, this is my unresolved stuff with my dad. Um, And nothing else was as dramatic as the incident that I just described. However, because that one had happened, the other ones I was able to, like, pick off really easily. When I oh. take pick-off, I was able to resolve them very easily after that.
0: How interesting that you stayed with that company long enough to do all of that. And I suspect that's one of the reasons why you reached the point where you said to yourself, you know what, I've done as much as I can do in this company. It's time for me to move on. I wonder my, what my Project X is.
2: Oh, and that is very true. Because even while I was working under him, I wanted out from working under him so bad. <laughs> But I I did have the wherewithal to, when I finally recognized he represented my unresolved father issues, I thought, you know what? I'm going to fix these here. I'm not going to go to another company or go into another scenario where it, it, because it usually takes about a year or a year and a half to develop a rapport with somebody strong enough that now they can represent your triggered crap. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm going to fix it while I'm here. So then, once it got resolved, and I knew I knew all the daddy issues were resolved because we had a weekly call, and every time we talked, nothing triggered anything. As a matter of fact, I we'd get off the phone, and I'd go, "Wow, he's talking the same way he always has," and now I find it humorous. You know, I'm like, yeah, there's nothing here for me anymore. So I, yeah. I told one of my friends at work who understands law of attraction, I said, so here's here's what's going to happen. One of these four scenarios. I said, either he's going to leave the company or he'll find a new position at the company, but he won't be my boss anymore. Or I'll leave the company or I'll find a new position at the company where he won't be my boss anymore. And within six months, he got let go from the company.
0: Wow. There it is. And I
2: went. Now, I didn't see that piece coming, honestly.
0: Well, you
1: didn't need to. I didn't see to. it
2: happening that way. Yeah. But I knew one of those four things had to occur because I knew he and I were not going to be working with each other in the same way because I knew that his purpose in my life had been the gift to help serve up the stuff I needed. It got resolved. And now his and my connection, all that was left was we're not a match.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: We don't speak the same language. We don't communicate the same. I don't even know if we like each other (laughs) in the professional role. I really liked him as a person.
1: Oh, okay. I
2: think he really liked and respected me as a person. We just didn't like working with each other. So I knew that had to change.
0: And it did. That's a good thing. We only have seconds left, did. so i got to be really, really quick. If you are not yet okay. a subscriber, become a subscriber. It's on the homepage at LOAToday.net. If you haven't yet posted that you're enjoying this, post that you enjoy it so that other people can find out about it. Think about calling in. Like we had a listener today call in uh, with the with the call with Joel this morning, Wendy, and it was great. We had a real good conversation there. So think about calling in. All that's on the homepage at LOAToday.net. And if somebody needs to reach you for some personal coaching, they reach you where?
2: WendyDillard.com, dillard.com
0: and there it is wendy so great as usual i can't wait to talk to you next tuesday all righty and we hope that you'll join us next time as well here on LOA today goodbye everybody
2: bye-bye for now